Spirits of French Lick is proud to introduce the Lee Sinclair Four Grain Bottled and Bond Bourbon. This four-year-age, double-pot distilled, non-chill filtered bourbon has creamy, round, and lifting notes with caramel and vanilla, followed by apple, mint, graham cracker, and ginger, as well as cardamom. The finish is slightly French walnut, resolving the sweet, fruity, almost ground cherry and white pepper. Our spirits are available for tasting and purchase inside the French Lick Winery and Distillery. Spirits of French Lick. Respect the grain. Please enjoy responsibly. Yeah, What's up, Scott? Boys fans. The samples you brought have got me off. You may know me better as Indiana. I just myself out too. I can But if you're at all interested in the 14 high strangeness, the paranormal, and you should tune into my new podcast. If you have ghosts, you have everything. Available now wherever you get your podcasts, including Spotify. Google Podcast and Amazon. Yeah, it's good to see you again. Yeah, you too. Yeah. It's hard to um, find my... You have multiple page. profiles. It gets oh, yeah. Like the, the page doesn't... So you can't search for it. All right, welcome to an exciting podcast of the Scotchy Bourbon Boys. I'm Tiny here. That was Kenny Fuller of the Old Americana Band. Uh, thanks a lot, Kenny, for doing our theme song. Uh, tonight we have a special guest, Jason Giles. There, I got it right. And he is he is Rose Rosewood whiskey, Rosewood bourbon and rye. And uh uh tonight it's exciting. Uh let's uh whoever's on uh, this is Joe also is joining us. Hi Joe. Joey from friends, Joey. Joey, how you doing? How you <laughs> there you go? I don't know how you say uh how you doing. <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> so we've been pre-gaming a little bit tonight. So you're this is going to be a fun one. We're just been hanging out, talking, and uh, uh, I just uh, we should just get right into this. One hundred percent, Jason. What you're doing is unique. I mean. We, we went over a little bit in the pregame, but overall, let's uh, talk to everybody out there as far as, uh, you know, I, I didn't ask you, how did you get into it? You, you, you know, right there. What got you into this? What made you want to make a whiskey brand 
that you took aged whiskey from Kentucky and Indiana, bring it down to Texas, age it a little bit more, and then bottle and produce it. What was the? I mean, I don't, I don't know how you got into bourbon. Like fine bourbon, good bourbon. Um, but, but I think my story is just like almost everybody else's. I had this buddy. He was like, you know, you want to try some bourbon? And I'm like, man, I fucking love bourbon. I drink Crown, and I love it. <laughs> he goes, no, 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 no. And he's like, do you like rye? And I'm like, what the fuck is rye? So, so at that point. He, uh, he he broke out some Blombros Nodder for me. Um, I think some Mitchers Ten and some some other like. They, and this has been going from Crown to that. So I think it was like a red pill, blue pill, <laughs> and um, my eyes were opened, and and like I really got into it. So I got into the secondary stuff, and I really enjoyed um, trying to get picks, but there wasn't. All the pick groups are really, really like just exclusive, and you couldn't get them, and it was hard to do. So um, I had the opportunity to do a, a barrel pick, but distill um, back when they were at Three Boys, and and ended up doing the Baby Yoda, and and ended up picking up three barrels all at the same time. But like after that, I was hooked. So I started my own group and. Did that for a little bit, sold my picks on Facebook, and then that got really not so much fun anymore with having like a thousand people asking for picks and everything else. So decided to just do our own brand. So I was up in Kentucky at a friend's house, and and I was like, let's let's do this. Um, and he owned the brand, so I bought it from him, and and it's been kind of a roller coaster ever since then. That's uh, now just that story just scared the living shit out of me. I'm just telling. No, it scared the shit out of me because I'm halfway through. Uh, so, you know, uh, Pursuit United, which is uh, Bourbon Pursuit, Kenny Coleman and Ryan Cecil, they've started their own brand. They've done it a certain way. Uh, and it's the same thing. It got big. So I'm have the podcast, but then we also have the group and we're doing picks. And now the picks are starting to, you know, you do one and they're, and they're going so quick and then you sell exclusivity to, you know, the picks and I'm, that's where I'm at right now. And then you're telling me all of a sudden it gets to the point where it's like, it doesn't matter how many you pick. People are all like dying to get it. And all of a sudden you're managing how, shit's getting distributed and <laughs> so then you end up as a brand yikes so many brands launched their own brand that, that it just made sense to do my own um I've, I've been involved with a lot of uh the first single barrel picks of, of multiple brands and put mm-hmm. those on my little facebook group and it, it was more of just it's a small community, you know that. Yeah. We all know each other. Yes. Um, it's pretty much one phone call away from anybody else, I think. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I then then I'm even more into this is because I know, like, personally, um, uh, like on a friend level, probably 15, 20 distillers, master distillers from all the different brands, and then so you're pulling the stuff down from Kentucky and Indiana. You ship it down there 900 miles is what you said, correct? 
Pretty much. And, yeah. and it's getting sloshed around. It ends up at the place where you store it, and that gets moved around a little bit more. It's exposed to the Texas heat. I think you said out of Houston, right? Yeah, so Houston is, is one of the most humid places in Texas. Right on a port. It's a port, right? It, it, there is a port in Houston. Right. Um, it's the largest city in Texas. So then you're, you're, you're tasting and sending it out. So right, so I blend up there um, or down there, and um, we just. I, I, I have a lot of friends help me like taste barrels to like kind of see where everything is. We put everything on a spreadsheet and I blend off the spreadsheet. Can I be a friend? Maybe. Come on down, please. Yeah, you're making me want to come down to Texas. Yes. You see all these people like trying the barrels right now? Uh, everybody should get in the pick real quick. So everybody shoot in so they know. There you go. <laughs> That's it. Oh, the females have come. <laughs> all right. There you go. So, uh, so, so, okay. So you've given me time to think about it. I mean, I knew, you know, as we get into this deeper, I knew that this was something that I would want to know. So you're doing Kentucky and Indiana. Uh, why have you started to reach out to Kentucky distillers? I mean, they're right there. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey, Bar and Girl fans, it's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk where me and my co-host sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby! Right, so um, the only Kentucky distillery... No, 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 wait. I meant Texas. I don't know why my brain went to that. I meant, have you yeah, been reached? Uh, Texas I, I distillers. Distilleries in Texas, and, and I'm just not interested. Like, I just, I don't want anything to do with anything that's made in Texas. Most of it's pot still, um, which is really not my flavor profile. I like the column still more. Um, well, uh, yeah, yeah. The column still produces big Kentucky and Indiana bourbons. There's no doubt. Yeah. Now I would say so Barstown is killing it. Um if I could buy something from Buffalo Trace, I'd be more than happy to do that. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll hook you, I'll hook you up with Harlan, right? So <laughs> let's do a group text right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, um so anyways, uh, so okay, so that makes sense because uh it's you know when my journey is I'm at the point where I'm expanding out a little bit. Uh, initially, I'm up here in Ohio, started going down to Kentucky. Uh, I was um, once I went down to Kentucky, I kind of got hooked. And that's when I started the podcast. And uh, I'm going to sneeze. And I've never sneezed on a podcast before. So it's trying to come out here. But uh, when when I went down initially, how I got into this is a bourbon or, or a whiskey calendar. A 50% off at Books A Million whiskey calendar that one day I was looking for a calendar for my desk at work. And there it was, a whiskey. I'm like, okay, I'll grab that. I know. And then at about two months, uh, I had a friend who I worked with, a much younger guy. 
And we were going through every morning, we were reading this calendar. And at one point, you know, they were like doing little, uh, they do little facts and figures about where festivals were and where um, certain uh, stuff was from and what the, the, the uh, you know, the heads, tails and uh, the, the hearts, the heads, you know, all those kind of facts. Okay. But then two or three times a week, it would have, review of a whiskey so i was reading reviews from jim murray i was reading reviews from veach and i was reading reviews from minnick and and at one point you know they're talking about that this uh bushmills tastes like uh creme brulee with this and and we're both like they are full of shit there's no way so we started going out and buying the whiskeys and that led to the scotchy bourbon boys club this is scientific. This is for science. Yes. And so we started a little group, and then we had a bunch of, uh, at work, a bunch of our truck drivers joined it, and, we, and the friends and whatever. The group started growing, and then we went, then we found out about Kentucky Bourbon Festival, and we went down there, and that was hooked. I was hooked, and we started the podcast that November. And, but yeah, the flavors that are in them are, <laughs> that are in there are insane. I mean, what you, Sometimes can pull out. Uh, when is Kentucky Bourbon Festival? Sept- September fourteenth through seventeenth this year. We're going to be down in Kentucky though from the ninth to the. So, yeah. What do you think, guys? Yeah. Trip. Sprinter yeah. van. Will your wife let you go? <laughs> I don't have a wife. Believe it or not, my wife will drive. So. Yeah, I, Keeper. She's a keeper. She is pretty awesome. <laughs> it's a so good um, are you are you speaking or anything like that, or are you just gonna be media? Um we're media right now, but we've got we're get down there the ninth. And I'm gonna be doing podcasts at the distilleries, but the one thing we do, this is our third annual uh Scotchy yeah. Bourbon Boys bus tour. And that just that that thing just goes. How many have you done? And and like so, you progressively made it bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, this year it was a little bit smaller. Last year we had two buses, but what what the problem is is when you get into you know twenty people, the distilleries can't handle you, and and then the lunch venue and everything changes. So this year we had uh, we have uh, thirteen people going, and it's just it's gonna it's a it's a party on a level that. (laughs) <laughs> we uh our our my my uh partner super nash we call him super nash because he always brings he's able to obtain whiskey that we couldn't and he started helped us start the podcast because if i didn't get the whiskey from him nobody would have listened at all because he just kept sending up bottle after bottle that was something that people wanted to know about you know and so uh he's bringing some dusties the the whole experience of whiskey when you get into it is so fantastic meeting people like yourself you know and uh, you know and just getting to know the you know there's one consistent theme throughout the whole thing is uh the hard working uh down to earth people that produce whiskey whether they're distilling it making it they're family orientated yeah he, he joe 
He is like on fire tonight. It's, it's, so it's I know this is his bar, and he, you, that was the deal. You're bringing shit, right? And he's going to be able to drink it. Yeah, yeah. Backdrop equals that he's going to drain on the. He's going to drain those bottles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's some that I don't touch until I get a backup. So these are just samples, you know. I mean, samples are for sampling. And well, put it this way, you know, you've got the the two bottles yeah, here. We're, uh, we're we'll tell them it was good. Uh, we'll start drinking this right here. We'll, we'll be sure to leave you. Yeah. As a as a podcaster, I'm for. I wish. I wish all whiskey was in 375 milliliter bottles. That's that's what I'd go with. You don't know how many cracks I got uh, back there where the bottle has that much and it's been sampled and it's it, that's what i do i'm a sampler because <laughs> if i was a drinker i would be an alcoholic oh, small batches and and you still haven't told me which one you like like the most which well it was yeah I, I mean honestly uh so when i taste the kentucky one and i thought this was i think this is special it's an on a level i love um there's caramel. There's a little bit of a char. I get a little bit of like a, almost like a marshmallow campfire kind of thing. And then there's a richness to it, which doesn't finish too oaky. Like a, that, no, there's not, the wood tannins are there, but they're not um, stringent. The tobacco flavor is there for a second, but not as stringent. And then, there's a sweetness to it, and it tastes like Kentucky whiskey, and it's what I love about it. Yeah, there's a hug, yeah, and, and it's uh, for a hundred proof. Hundred proof. I think this is drinkable as fuck. I could. I mean, honestly, I could drink this. I I have go to bottles for like my fantasy baseball draft or football draft that. Are just regular bottles. They're, they're sing. I, you know when I'm when I'm drafting, I don't want to be tasting flavors and kind of pit, pulling stuff out. I want to be drafting and drinking, right? So I've got you know certain whiskeys, but I I actually could drink this. There's there's a complexity to it, but there's also that that straight across flavor yeah, that you. stays consistent. Where and it's delicious. So I I went with the Kentucky one, the Indiana one. Hello. Yeah. Oh yeah, we got Brent. <laughs> we got Brent. Yep. Nice. Nice to meet you. Yes. <laughs> so the the Indiana, uh, you know, your rosewood, uh, is one hundred percent closer to a lot of stuff that I like. I'm not saying, but it seems like it's in that realm of a good, similar to, I mean, I don't know exactly where you're pulling it out of, but it's similar to like like 80 other MGPs that I've tasted that are good. I'm not saying, I, I mean, I like MGP, but at this point, the Kentucky one seems different and you got some things going with it, or this, this one didn't pull off like it's different. It's still... It's there, and and I'm just 
I'm not going to sit here and say that this isn't good and I'm going to drink it in about two seconds and I will drink the whole bottle. <laughs> but but when it comes to the difference between the two, I think you've got a really good one with the Indiana one because I I really think your 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 uh, palate of how you're putting stuff out and doing your blends is good. But but the Kentucky one is on a level where, you know, we're sitting on the back porch. You send me that. When the Barstown stuff gets older, it's going to be like, I, I don't, it's going to be so far and above MGP stuff just because of like the climate, right? So, so the Indiana climate is a little bit more mild. Um, so I think, I think the stuff that MGP is putting out, or, or I'm sorry, Barstown is putting out now in five years is going to rock everybody's world. Have you toured um, MGP? When you went up there, uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get to MGP. That's one thing I gotta do. Um, I've toured Bardstown, Burby, uh, uh, one of the distillers right now. Um, Jason uh, Sparkman up there. I've known him from the time he started. Uh, he was at Wilderness Trail. He was a fermenter, and I kind of got into Wilderness Trail there. And then he went to Limestone Branch and was distilling. And now he's a distiller at um, Bardstown Bourbon Company. I've met with Greg. I met with with uh, uh, Steve. I met Stephen and Nick up there. Great people. But but you know you get the the standard. Sh- horse and pony show but when it comes to jason jason will be working you know he started off working third shift we would meet up with them when we're down there on third shift he'd be showing me everything what they're doing the little extra stuff so it's really kind of cool to see what they're doing at bardstown bourbon company uh you get a lot of stuff and i think that you're in the right direction there yeah i i like i i really want as many barrels from them as i can possibly buy well, you laid down twice a thousand barrels, right? I didn't say they were from Barstow. Okay, I'm sorry. If we need to edit, I will. <laughs> anyway. It's too late. <laughs> like I said, I'm looking for as many as I can get. Okay. So, you know, we all have friends that. that, that Work at Bardstown, right? Oh, yeah. And then think about this. Now they purchased uh, Green River. I mean, yeah, they, Ozzy Tyler. Have you had anything SFTB from Green River? What do you mean by, what do you mean? I'm going to, I'm going to soon. I know Aaron Harris, and uh, he now is the master distiller there, okay? So, so you had it right out of the barrel. I haven't had it right out of the barrel. I've had I've had blended versions. I haven't had anything like. Yeah, but re, you know what? What are what is what what Green River product is being produced right now? It had to be their age stuff that was being produced at Ozzy Tyler because that they're putting it to market and they haven't owned it for less than you know. It's been around a year now, right? That they've owned it. Barstown owning Green River? Mm-hmm. Right around a year or right? Something okay. like that. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, but they were smart because they stopped all the shit that they were doing there and they're doing just making whiskey and they were making whiskey plus doing a bunch of shit. And when when that all changed, but 
I understand why they bought that distillery. That distillery is capable of producing a lot and handling some of the stuff that they, you know, they were contract. I, I think Bradshaw comes out of there. That was that was before uh, Bardstown owned it. So we'll see. Okay. We'll see what happens. But knowing Aaron, uh, we are actually going to be there in September. We're headed down there to. And I and you know what? I'll call you that day and when I'm tasting out of the barrel and let you know what I think. I mean, you could invite me. <laughs> you you are invited. If you're going to be up in Kentucky, you're invited. I mean, we got a lot of shit happening when we're up there. You could come be on the podcast live right from our Airbnb backyard. Okay. What in the back of Owens Bar? We actually um are renting and every year we have uh, a place that we've rented for the last uh, five years now, what four, yeah. two, four years. And uh, we started in 2019, 2020 was canceled, but we went down there anyways in 21, 22, and now it's 23. Uh, and the, in the backyard this year, we're going to set up a 10 by 10 tent, put up our podcast stuff. And after the festival and all throughout the week, invite anybody over for a party. And uh, podcast with us, like you know, we got a bonfire. I'm gonna basically, I'm looking at. Uh, they usually give us a like this little package of wood to burn. I'm I'm looking like I'm like gonna order a cord, have it shipped over there, and we're just gonna have. Let's have a little state fire. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but uh, it's just been it's been crazy. The family aspect of doing this, you know, and the people I've met has gotten so big that now, um, like I lived originally in Wisconsin. So every time I go back to Wisconsin, I have to disappoint somebody because all my friends want to see me. My family wants to see me. And you go back for a week and you only can see so many people. Well, initially when I started doing this, you know, I could keep it covered. But now when I go down... It's just kind of like I, I have like a whole checklist of who I saw the last time and I got to see this time. And, you know, it's just like because the people that do this, you know, when I first started this, I had two friends and, and you know, close friends. But the people I've met now, I have probably have about 15 close friends that I consider, fam- you know, part of my family. And it's just it's just what I love about bourbon and whiskey. It was awesome, but cheers, bro. Cheers, cheers bro. bourbon brought us together. Cheers. <laughs> All right, so let's get once what let's 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 promote the shit out of your brand now, okay? So hey, I, I just got Florida. Um, Florida just came on. Arizona is on. Um, wait, Arizona didn't say yes yet. Colorado is on. Minnesota is on. Texas. In Florida, Ohio, Arizona done. I'm working with Maverick, which has been great, man. They're like unbelievable customer service. Just, just really helping me like launch the brand. But they only run through like seven states. Do you want me to uh, introduce you or them to the people you need to know to get into Ohio? Sure, but like, isn't that a controlled state? It's a control state that has basically owned up to becoming 
right now they're the fourth largest whiskey market in the country and they're on the verge of being the third and basically they're about promoting and distributing uh good whiskey to ohio and a lot yeah. of times uh, so there's been a lot of brands that come in and they don't have that name recognition so right now we have a shit ton of bourbon on the shelf when i walk in for instance, Smoke Wagon is, I think that's a very good, I think it's a good brand. I think they're, he's doing a great job, similar to what you're doing. Uh, and it's on the shelf here because as far as coming into Ohio, uh, he hasn't gotten that brand recognition because right now there's so much to choose from when you're talking about the smaller brands. And if... General consumer, what do you pick? Like what looks pretty? Right. Well, no. What you're supposed to pick is you watch my podcast, we talk about it, <laughs> and then you know what that brand is when you walk in. So you say, Oh, I see Rosewood, and you're like, Hey, I saw that guy in whatever. And then you're gonna pick that over something you don't know nothing about. That's kind of how this has to work. And you know, uh, uh, we've worked with Chicken Cock and Greg Schneider, and he basically, it, right now, the number one uh, purchasing, it, we're number one for purchasing Chicken Cock in the country. And Greg has worked with us from day one. And that guy goes on the road, does the tastings, hits the liquor stores, comes up to the different states, and he does what he has to do. And that's what you're, you know, what you got to do, right? Right. Um, so, so I have some friends in, in your area. Um, I'm part of, uh, Cincinnati, uh, greater Cincinnati bourbon club. Are you, do you know those guys? Yeah. Cincinnati bourbon club. I shared to, and they're awesome. All right. So I'm in there. Um, who else do I got? Cincinnati. Is that where he's at? I thought there was an Ohio something. I know he's in Ohio. What city is he in? Northwest Ohio bourbon enthusiast. Yep. Same thing there. Okay. All Ohio, I push the hell out of my podcast. I have some pretty good friends up there that every time I go and I did a bunch of new like picks, right? So every time you go do a new riff pick, you call your Ohio friends because. Yep. They're right there. I was you know, like, people don't even understand how that even works, right? I mean, it's just on the border. You're you're right. It's uh, but they're 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 right there. <laughs> yeah. What? Just curious what city. What city are you in? Just curious. Canton. The oh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, Canton, Ohio. Yeah. I Middle of the state. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. No, football. Oh, Pro football. football Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, that's a big thing Wait, up here. I knew there was a Hall of Fame there. Yeah. We're yes. We're going north of uh, Dallas. Uh, in the middle of nowhere. That's not Dallas, Texas. <laughs> but you know what? Look at this badass where Joey's bar. He's a bad one player. So are you Cowboy fans? What happened, bud? Are you Cowboy fans? No. Um, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to know. 
I, I, my 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 uh blood is green and gold i i bleed packer because i grew up in as a kid and uh spent the first 40 years of my life in uh wisconsin there's no way i can get it out and that that year <laughs> those years when dallas was owning the packers you know that was a little bit rough, but overall, what do we have? No, you guys, that's, I have Packer fans at my work. Okay. I mean, not Packer fans, Dallas fans. And every year I have a running bet between Dallas and green Bay. And I've been here for the last 20 years and I'm up like $600. It's just like they basically own Dallas. Dak is a major disappointment. He cannot win a game. We need him to. So I just wish that. I think. Don't you think Tony Romo coming from coming from Wisconsin basically was just like a plant just to screw Dallas over because Romo just everybody wants to screw Dallas over. Let's get that straight, right? No, no, they don't. I mean, there it's coming time. They'll Jerry. Jerry's got to sell the team. If you have a football schedule, the team to beat is Dallas. Nobody gives a shit about the Packers, the Chicago, the Patriots. You want to beat the Cowboys because that's America's team. Yes. Okay. I'll give you that. But you know what? Over the last 30 years, the Packers have beaten the Cowboys. So there you go. I'm not going to lie. Nope. Gonna lie. So. Let me, let me back up. I've had, I've had a little bit of bourbon. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm there. So. Because I'm <sighs> over my I, I wish. I'm really good. And fuck everybody else but Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> True Dallas Cowboy fan. No matter what, they're winning the Super Bowl this okay. year. Oh, yeah. Cheers, Cowboys. Fuck them, Cowboys. Let's get it done this year. <laughs> this is the year. This is exactly. Back is my problem, but good luck. Cowboys all the way. Good luck. All right, so let's get back. Um, to so I'm not even sure. I'm gonna have to drink this. I think I just poured another Kentucky. I want to pour the Indiana. Well, yeah, I, I mean, you, you look like you put a dent so in, I, in, in the Kentucky since since we started. Yeah. Indiana, it's looking a little. It's looking a little skinnier. <laughs> I do gotta ask. He's from up north. Yeah, you would think he would kill the Indiana, but he's loving the Kentucky. Why? What makes that Kentucky so much better? So you just have to understand. It's not better for everyone. Just I'm not kidding on Indiana. I like ninety uh, percent of what comes out of MGP. It's it's comes down to the person who gets a hold of those barrels and mixes them. They make good whiskey at MGP. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Um, I don't like the 95 rye if the wrong person's producing it. And like 80, no, 99.9% of the people producing 95 rye suck shit. But that last 0.5%, those people, and I've met them, they, I, I sit there and go, it's 95.5 rye and it's MGP. I'm going to hate this. And I go like this and I'm like, how does it taste that good? You know what I mean? So the person, it's all comes down to personal flavor. 
And I will never tell somebody because there's a million people out there that love 95.5 MGP Rye. I'm just not one of them. But you know what? They're not pieces of shit because they like it and I don't. And that's the whole thing about whiskey, right? So I will say this. I was at a tasting the other day of Weller's. Uh, 107 Antique, Special Reserve. Those are all very um, good. I can't remember the other ones. What's the blue label? Didn't do anything. Uh, blue, full proof. Full proof. It was almost four. Yes. The guy that was hosting the tasting said that Texas has now started, you know, importing them and letting them sit there. The Texas heat. We haven't quite got it yet. The Texas blends haven't aren't, no. aren't quite there. Still but once we get it, once Texas blends are set, that it's going to be. That's where it's going to be. Like boom, Texas can get. So there. so wait a second. Let's 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 just review. Hey Jason, Jason. So so if you want if you want wait one hundred. Joe, if you want Jason to to start tasting the, if you get Jason to start tasting the Texas stuff, I'm telling you that man understands what's good whiskey, and he will tell them to shove up, ha- shove out half their shit. But he could blend it. I'm uh, there's no doubt there's an aspect of what Texas is, but it's not Kentucky. There's a flavor to Kentucky. There's this big caramel. Kentucky is like fucking caramel apples and and fall and whatever. And, you know, but, but, you know, and then there's, so MGP gets into a little bit of fruitiness, right? I mean, there's no doubt. There's a little fruitiness to it along with some of those flavors. So it kind of mellows out a little bit. And, 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 you know, Jason, you're you're buying the barrels. You definitely know the difference between the two. There was there's not a comparison when you really get down to them comparing the two. But there's a shit ton of people who love this, and there's a shit ton of people who love that. But to get them to do this, it's almost impossible. That's the thing. People's palates like what they like. But what you know, the goal is just to get America drinking whiskey and drink what they like. And so I'm one of those people. Like I, I, I know you're the same way, but like I don't care if you throw it on a rock. I don't care if you throw a little coke in there. I don't care if you make it old fashioned or like it doesn't matter. You know, like I don't. I don't care. Like I'm not. No. So many people that are like, man, you got you to drink it neat. No, yeah. you don't. <laughs> yeah, and you're not. And I just say to everybody that watches all the time, you're not a piece of shit if you like it on the rocks. It's like I don't care what these high proofers say. I think the cocktail right now for summer in Texas is is sugar free Red Bull and Kentucky Rose. <laughs> <laughs> like I straight up, dude. Like I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I had it on the way over here. Like we had a my, my son drank <laughs> here, so so like hey, like, I mean 
Sugar-free Red Bull in Kentucky Rosewood is pretty damn good. I'm going to tell you, uh, Red Bull can save your ass at about you know twelve o'clock. You're you're starting to hit this. You you know you're at the Jamaican rum bar, and if and you're like you think you're done, but you start adding some Red Bull in, and you got another two hours. That's my that's my big I don't have any Topo Chico. I'm out right now. Yeah. So the Topo Chico people that are watching right now, send us a couple of cases. We'll give you the address. So we know where to send it so we can mix it with our oven. All right. So let's hit the Indiana thing a little bit. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm hanging out with my barbecue team. So we're going to do like Smoke Fest in Blairmount. We're doing uh, Decatur, September 8 and 9. There's already 75 to 80 teams in it. So it's yeah. going to be great. Decatur, Iowa? Decatur, Indiana? Number one. That's what's going to happen. Where? Where? Decatur what? Decatur, Texas. Okay. Do you do realize there's an Iowa and Indiana? Yeah. What? Really? Where are you? Like, no, he, that, that just means that he did not realize. <laughs> That's literally, he did not realize. We are in Texas. I'm seven glasses into Rosewood right now, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm three glasses into Rosewood and I never heard of Decatur, Texas. It's really small. <laughs> you, you probably haven't heard of Van Alphie, which is even smaller. Yeah. I mean, if you guys are going to Austin, I'd be impressed. We have, a, we have some steel Austin up there. Don't be impressed. <laughs> Yes, yeah, you still Austin Bourbon up there? You got you got on your wall? No. No oh, still Austin. No still Austin. Still Austin is awesome. It's good. It's a good Texas bourbon. <laughs> Jason's like no, no. But I honestly uh, have not gotten into Texas bourbon. Uh, it's kind of like it's it's hard to get. So you got to pick and choose what what I do. So you got Indiana, you got Texas, you got Ohio. It really isn't. It isn't, but it's ace here. But it is. It isn't, but it is. Well, it's funny because, hey, Joe, I was telling Jason, like, this is my easing into Texas, and he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> so TX is super sweet. Flavor to it. Um, Texas is good. Uh, TX is really good, but so um, so you plan a trip up to Ohio, and if you plan the trip up, if you guys plan a trip up to Ohio or Kentucky when I'm there, bring some TX with you, and I'll drink it. I'll try it. Real vanilla. Yeah. Hey, you're. I'm a rum drinker for so if. Like Crown Royal, TX is really good. Yeah, you'll like it. Absolutely. No, I don't like Crown. When it comes to Texas, uh, what do we got? The ZZ Top? Is there a ZZ Top bottle up there? Some of the Sixth Street. So the ZZ Top is good. So, so Jason, you you have to have found some craft distiller or whatever. Where, now I gotta go to Ohio. 1841. We gotta show this dude some Texas fucking bourbon. Yeah, but he's talking. He, Jason already says he doesn't like pot still. Isn't that like 
99% of everything there? Take a little check. Dallas Cowboys. Right here. MGP. MGP. Oh, <laughs> That's Indiana bourbon. <laughs> you're killing me. Mill, <laughs> Mill, you're freaking killing me. MGP. Um, Steel Austin is all I got. Steel Austin is my Texas and TX, of course. You've never tried TX? Nope. Seriously. Seriously. It's available to me to try, but you got to understand. I'm a podcaster. I got people. I got people. No, 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 no. I've got people like Jason sending me once or twice a week stuff to try. So if you do that and then you take all the Kentucky places and all the whatever, it's like there's only so much you can do. And once again, my goal as a podcaster is not to become an alcoholic. <laughs> That's the goal. I mean, uh, none of that is a bummer. bummer. The fact bummer. That we he says bummer. He just says straight up bummer. No, I I mean, I I go to distilleries. We're bringing up some TX. Um, hold on. There's one more. Balconies. Remus? JT Mellick. No. JT Mellick, the rice bourbon? Nope. And you got to put that on your radar. Yeah, it's actually really good. Okay. It's uh, it's crawdaddy bourbon. Crawdaddy bourbon. Milton, my yeah, boy, it, right over here. Uh, barrel pick. Right over here. Great freaking bottle. So, have, you're aware that uh, Freddie No has been doing brown rice bourbon shit all over the place, right? Brown rice? Yeah. Rice. What? Yeah, it's white rice. Yeah, it's white rice. It's America rice. It's America rice. Well, he does, he does, he's done some brown rice uh, things. And then I think one of the Basil Hayden's. Uh, I want to say toasted. He put the brown rice bourbon yeah. in the basil Hayden toasted. You guys got that? Sounds You don't see it? I may have drank it. Have it's pretty sour. My I may have finished it because uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's it. I, I, my wife is a fan of that uh, particular part of uh, you know that particular uh, expression of basil Hayden. Yeah. Yeah. Brown rice. And then he did a a special 375. Just so you know, 375s are the way that I think that it should go. <laughs> it's just. I, uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, there is so much out there. It's having whole 750 milliliter bottles and you got 600 of them sitting behind you like Joe does at his bar. He's got all that. I've got that behind me. I don't even you don't even want to know what's on the sides of me and in my all my cabinets and it's kind of like if it was 375 it would be more manageable. <laughs> so so have you had like the old, old Forster what is it 117? Yes. So, is that right? Yeah. So, delicious. Okay. 375 from Old Forster. Yeah. Yep. Like what is what is, like I think the two hundred milliliter. What is the Elijah Craig Cannonball saying? Um, or grenade? What is it called? Is it two hundred milliliters? 
Maybe 200 milliliters is the way to go. Oh, that's so pretty. Oh, this guy's so pretty. That's so hey, pretty. Is that the grenade? Yeah, but the problem is you got four drinks. I got you know, but but all I can say is um, my uh, Super Nash kept sending me grenades. And I was like, why do you keep sending me grenades? It's just like, I don't understand. And then I drank one. And I'm like, that's why you send me grenades. It's like... How old are they? Do you know? The grenades? Yeah. Aren't they like 12? I mean, this one here is a a beer barrel finish. So they've got all different types. I mean, it just comes down to when you're there, they just keep putting them out. But they're... Shit all the time, right? No, I don't drink beer. This is Texas. This and is, this is bourbon and a beer barrel. And a beer. No, I've never had it. Never. No. I tell the every time I come on your show now. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. I don't know. It, like it, you have it. I got you. No, I. So the way it works is, the the distillery sends the bourbon barrel friend of mine uh he uh he was part of it uh milton he's here right now uh he did a barrel pick and i had him sign it and his wife needs to sign it because she was part of it uh but i don't want to crack it up it's a special bottle but i'll go buy a bottle all day long it's it's really good you'd like it louisiana we'll bring you one along with steel austin and uh, a couple others tx so what is it? The, the JT Mellick for me is kind of like in between a light whiskey and like a, a traditional bourbon. Uh, yeah. is, I, I mean that right there. That's a, a that's a, that's complex right there. Yeah, it, it, because, because it doesn't have the traditional bourbon flavor. It kind of has a light whiskey flavor, but it's better than that in its own way. If like I really like I I like a lot of light whiskey, but. Um, like it's it, it's easily blendable. Yep. Uh, There's lots of flavor. The yeah. last time I've I was at uh I was drinking light whiskey in last January uh, at the Spirit of French Lick. They had a two barrels that we got to sample from, and it was spectacular bourbon. Yeah, yeah. Well, behind it. Yeah, um, I, like I have a friend that that's really, um, yeah, I think so. The, uh, yeah, that's it. This is it, and yeah. that other one. All three of those. I think it's right. All three of those. You see it? Yeah, you got Solomon Scott, you got Lee Sinclair, and you've got Maddie Gladden. Yeah. So and we know what we're doing down here. In if if you guys come up. That right there is our William Dalton weeded barrel pick. And I've got that. And that barrel was freaking insane. Is it 2017 also? No, this is, um, you mean from when it was distilled? I can't. I think I'm too far away. That's a Dalton? Yeah. Right there, bro. Yeah. So, so what, what, uh, yeah, I love Dalton. <laughs> this is a barrel pick too from uh is this AJ's? That's what I'm drinking next. This is an AJ pick. 
Have you had it? You need to tr- you need to try it. What what Bishop did there with Dalton? So so the coolest thing is is I went down there and he took a barrel with uh, Stephen Beam brought up French oak staves and they dropped it. In, you're you're gonna you're gonna love that. They dropped it into one of the Dalton barrels and that was that year. I believe it was. Uh, 2021, it was my bourbon of the year. It's one of the best things I've ever tasted, but I love Dalton. So we did our second Scotchy Bourbon Boys barrel pick of a Dalton because I know how much I love it. I'll be right back. He's no back. Out, so you're talking to uh, Mill. Get over here. <laughs> so Mill got me started. I'm still a novice. Um, I've only got, got about about hundred hundred bottles. Just so you know, Joe, 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 Joe. The fact that you had three Daltons right on the shelf, you're not a novice. Really? The fact that you had Spirit of French Lick on your shelf shows that you know what good bourbon tastes like. Actually, what that shows is he actually has good friends. That is exactly. Yeah. Who? Who? How did you? Go ahead and grab that one. That one's good. And I'm like, okay, you got it. And uh, it's sitting on my shelf. I, I sip them. Hey, it's like. Everybody, I've got family that tells me, like, you're an alcoholic. I'm not. I'm no. No. There's a difference. So there's a difference between drinking bourbon yes. and tasting bourbon. Now. Yeah, so- you get a podcast going, and you can't deny that we're not drinking. You know what I mean? But for the most part, because we're tasting, it's not like we're sitting here drinking uh, one bottle of bourbon every you know that we like, and it's the one every single day we get that same bottle. You're drinking Absolutely. many, and you understand what it is to have a rough week. It's Friday. And you go back and you have a fire on your back porch or uh, in your backyard, and you basically pour one pour, and you enjoy it for relaxation. That's what bourbon and whiskey is for. So uh, we have this is my bar. Uh, my friends come over, and I'm every Thursday out of the blue, like, hey, bar's open. They come over, we hang out, we have a few drinks, we talk, we get our problems off our shoulders, and we have a good time. Every Thursday. Yeah. I may go all the way from Thursday to Thursday without drinking. I may hit a little bit on the weekend. Right. Why not? It doesn't matter. I have people that, like, you know, I got family, like, oh, Joey, you're drinking it. But, nah, I don't. I know what I'm doing. I have a little fun. Thursday's probably my getaway day because it's our bars open day. Right. Everybody comes over, we have a good time. Bill comes over, my boy Tony comes over, he's in the other room right now. So we picked the right night for the podcast, huh? Yeah. <laughs> a little story about the sign here, Joey Warren's, or Joey's bar. Um, I came home one day and uh, I have a TV on my, I have a light on my TV and uh, it's blue. And as I walked in, I thought, damn it, I left the uh, light on my TV. And as I came in, I thought, man, let me go back. So I go in the house. I do whatever I got to do. I come back to my bar, and I look up, and Joey's bar is there. Are you good, man? 
Come to find out my neighbor snuck in the house. They put the sign up. They bought the sign, hung it up. And they're like, hey, this is our way of saying thank you. For sharing your whiskey. And we're drinking. We're having a good time. And we just want to say thank you. It's Thursday night at Joey's house. Yeah. Yeah. That's how to say thank you. I I, loved it. I, I cried a little. They don't know that, but I cried a little. You know, <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Jason. And now Jason's here, so who knows? Yeah. yeah. I, 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 like, first time I came over, I was like promised like chicken sausage. You were promised. We, we, we ate. I did. We ate soup. Soup. We, we ate soup. With soup. Um, this got, this one soup. of my neighbors has some soup. Uh, this is literally a family neighborhood. I love everyone to death. We all stick together. We help each other out. And I was going to barbecue. But the night before, Tyler, one of my other neighbors, came over. We got fucked up. He got drunk. <laughs> I didn't mean to. I woke up. It was late. I didn't feel like cooking. Didn't want to cook. Didn't even think about cooking. And I had already told Jason, come over, bro. We're going to have some It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I woke up super hungover. Couldn't do it. And so he came over and we were going to, we drank a little, we sipped a little and uh, my neighbor comes over. He's like, Hey guys, I got some soup. Boom. Dinner was served and we had a little bit of something to drink. It was fun. Yeah. We tried the Redwood, which we love. Redwood is really good. Um, I think the Kentucky guy, just so you know, I like the Kentucky. That's me. I think the Kentucky is more bougie than the Indiana. I think the Indiana is like just easy to drink. Yeah. So that okay, I agree. So, but the Kentucky sets itself aside as like something that's unique and different. Where our sound matches, like you know, their fusion series, like they're. Freaking awesome, right? Like, like, yeah, they're blending multiple recipes to make their fusion series and things like that. It's not, it's not just like, so mine is just their 70, 1911. Just imagine when the 15 year. Is still is still Bardstown, you know, because that fusion. Then you got Discovery, you got Fusion, you got thing. They're they're so transparent. But when we get fifteen years out, and I I mean, I started going to Kentucky Bourbon Festival in two thousand nineteen, and Bardstown Bourbon Company. I had lunch there with my wife and we visited and I'm like, what is this place? I had no idea. And it was a, when you got off the, the, you know, the highway on the exit, it was this wide open freaking field with the distillery right there. And they're a modern distillery outside. They got these awesome, uh, you know, fireplaces with these modern places, you know, chairs and things just to hang out on the patio. And you could see that from the highway. I mean, you could just see it. It was just out there all alone. And now we're in 2023, four short years later, 
And that field is filled with rick houses. And every single time you go down there, and I go down there every at, at least um, two to three months, and then sometimes a couple times in a month or whatever. And every single time I go down there, it just gets filled with more and more rick houses. And it's amazing to see the evolution of. So, as you know, initially they all told that vision. They all said that vision that they all were full of shit. Listen, like Hot Myers, like listening or anything, like, like, thank you, sir. Um, please sell me some more. Like, I mean, like, Randy Amo helped me out a little bit uh, with some of my stuff. Okay. Uh, fantastic. You know, uh, my dog helped out a little bit. They're fantastic. Uh, there's really not that many brokers. Nope. Just all I can say about that is <laughs> it's, it, people don't understand the history of whiskey thoroughly and what whiskey has meant to this country from the start, but also what everybody has gotten into as far as that goes. I mean, it's just insane where people think that somehow when we came out of um, prohibition that all of a sudden, you know, the mafia was no longer involved in whiskey. <laughs> it's just, a, they just evolved. Everything's evolved. Whiskey is the, you know, they, they talk about baseball, hot dogs, and apple pie. But realist, realistically, they just should say whiskey. <laughs> it's because that's what America is. I got to tell you, man, like, like as, as, as a Facebook guy, like it was a lot easier when I was just like bootlegging than like doing it like legit. Like the three tier system sucks. No, there's no doubt. Yeah, they take their share. The again, and then once you're in there, you know all the people who talk about government and whatever. Just the amount of money that this country makes off of distilled spirits, not just whiskey. It's it's vodka and tequila. It's like. It's an endless amount of money that goes to our government. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it pays for war. It's paid for every single war we ever were in. And then not only did it pay for World War II, but all the all the distillers had to make the fuel. It's just... Yeah, I mean... I, I wish I could like just like like live like a month or two back in the Prohibition age. When, when, like, you know, like everybody was still doing it, but they weren't doing it. It would be cool to have met Remus, honestly. Like, it was, you know, it, it, it was sold as a prescription. I mean, some, some of it, yeah, some of it was like, um, your doctor says you've got to have it. So they would prescribe alcohol. You're allowed once a week to get a, a fifth of whiskey through prescription. Absolutely. But that's only, that was. F- I mean, the people who followed through on that were the alcoholics. <laughs> I mean, they just were fueling the alcoholics. But as far as, you know, I mean, the prohibition ended because it was 13 years into how long when they cut it off and they were starting to run low for the politician. Yeah, it's like, oh, wait a second. You mean we drank it for the last 13 years and now we can't have any more? God damn, we need to stop this. <laughs> it's just like 
the reality of what it was. I, I was watching uh, some uh, History Channel stuff about um, um, uh, Jack Daniels. And the Jack Daniels guys, uh, the guy, uh, Jack Daniels at the time, Junior, whatever it was, uh, he went to jail. Yeah. Uh, because he sold it to a doctor who was prescribing it to people. No, 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 no. Remus was initially a pharmacist in Chicago. Then he became a lawyer. And then he went into bootlegging. So basically, he set up a thing where he was getting the notes based off of having the legitimate whiskey shipped to him through pharmacies. So in the end, what the 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 part that the actual transaction was what happened at Jack's Jack Daniels with Remus through his pharmacies that actually ended Remus up in jail. That Jack Daniels, because he had exhausted so many other distilleries. What got him in trouble was the fact that he was claiming that he was being robbed by these other people and he was claiming insurance fraud, but actually he's burning like barrels of water and actually kept the whiskey while getting compensated from the insurance companies for his bourbon and then. Was also selling his his stuff on the backside. That's what got him in trouble. Yeah, that that final uh, deal with Jack Daniels. I mean, they basically would go in at night, siphon off half the barrel, replace it, and then you know come out with the stuff. And that was all behind. I mean, it was just all behind bribes. I mean, all Remus did was just bribe the agents. It's like the agents would be making four thousand dollars, or you know, four or five thousand dollars a year, which was a lot back then. But he'd offer them twelve thousand dollars a year, and they'd be like, "Okay," you know, when he's making millions. So uh, that was, you know, that's a whole different thing. All right, so we've like Remus. Remus is behind the Gatsby story. Yeah. He he was behind a lot of stuff. I mean, he was responsible for getting Kentucky whiskey out of Kentucky and into New York, Chicago, our area in Ohio. I mean, he was responsible for that. And he would just bribe the shit out of everybody. <laughs> and then, you know, if it, it took Warren Harding to die in office before they could actually put him in jail because Harding was supporting him. Him and his uh, attorney general. Like, I mean, like, I don't remember Remus going to jail for a long time. He went to jail. He went to jail for two years, and he served, I believe, nineteen of the twenty-four months in jail. And then they got him back in jail for another eight months. Uh, didn't Jack Daniels? And he was the biggest. But do you know what he went to jail for? Right, the second time. He no, he murdered his wife because he murdered her right in front of everybody. Admitted it, but then got a jury to be sympathetic. I don't. Well, I mean, that's what happens when he cheat. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, for for God's sakes, when he was in jail, the the main FBI agent 
who was responsible for putting him in started having an affair, and he was a Ford out of Michigan. He was directly related to the Ford family. Just wow. History's awesome. I love history. It is awesome. So I watched it before the internet. Absolutely. Way before. And I said, I watched uh, history of bourbon or the cars. And Ford was a fucking asshole. He was a fucking asshole to his children, to his employees. He had freaking, freaking strong guys who would beat his people if they didn't do what they wanted. Yeah, he had. He industrialized the, uh, you know, the uh, industry, but he was. I mean, he did it in Michigan when he he pulled manufacturing from New York to Michigan. He was an asshole to his son. Edsel, I mean, come on. Edsel had all these ideas. Like, he was an engineer, did all these things. But according to Netflix. Netflix. Not Netflix. (laughs) I watched this all the discovery. I mean, they still got to sell a story. He's quoting Ford versus you know, Ferrari no. right now. No, no, no. He is. I feel sorry for He straight up is. Edsel did some shit, and he probably would have drank some fucking bourbon. He probably would have drank fucking Rosewood right now. Fuck that shit. Matt Damon. <laughs> Where did we go? All right. All right, guys. So let's let's wrap up this uh, podcast. Uh, we've we've done this for a little bit, and uh, uh, I'd like to thank you all for coming on. It, I appreciate your time. And uh, once once I finish up the podcast, stay on because I'll stop recording on YouTube and lo- whatever, and we can talk further about what we can do in the future. So, all right. Everybody, thank you for joining us. Remember, let's just do all, all of us together. Let's just do a cheers. Well, here's a cheers. Uh, Here, good bourbon equals good times and good friends. And and Rosewood. And remember, (laughs) don't drink and drive. Drink responsibly and live your life freaking dangerously little steve's going to take us out the free the way to the next whiskey bar oh don't ask why oh don't ask why show me the way to the next whiskey bar Oh, don't ask why Oh, don't ask why For if we don't find the next whiskey bar I tell you we must die I tell you we must die I tell you, I tell you I tell you we must die Hey, Scotchy Bourbon Boys fans, this is Alan Bishop, Indiana's Alchemist of the Black Forest. So I'm tuning in here today to tell you all about the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute channel on YouTube. If you're at all interested in the art of distilling, whether it be home distilling or professional distilling, and the intense geekery that goes into that process, 
then check out the One Piece at a Time Distilling Institute on YouTube. I promise you're going to learn something you didn't know before about the arts.